Our scripture reading today is from Genesis 3, 1 to 13. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the servant said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman whom you gave to me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. What is sin? Do you know? What is sin? Our fundamental problem had begun with sin. And we still have this problem of sin. But do we really know what sin is? Many people, many people wonder why they are sinners and needed Jesus as Savior. Because we think we have a we live decent life, isn't it? Without any violation of crime or any wrongdoings. We're not perfect. Well we don't we are not really sinner, isn't it? Then why does sin cause us such a trouble? But the book of Genesis made it clear that the sin came into the family and destroyed the relationship with God and within the family. So today I want to quest for our fundamental problem, sin, and what are the principles may restore our family. First, sin is distortion of God's word. The serpent said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? God never said that. Only one tree, not any tree. Only one tree you should not eat. 
But the serpent tried to deceive the women with distorting the word of God. How come? And who is a serpent? Servant is God's creation. God made a servant. Even with this great wisdom, The verse 1 says, The serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. This translation says more crafty, so it's kind of negative meaning, but the original word is wisdom. God made serpent wise, specially. God blessed the serpent with the great wisdom, but serpent used the gift from God to distort God's word. I told you, Satan is like, there's a Satan. Whoever being the perpetrator obeyed to say Satan then we become Satan. We can be Satan with the gift from God, the strength, the ability from God. We can be a perpetrator of Satan. And let me ask you, who is God to you? Who is God to you? A just mysterious creator or the Lord God, something, someone more personal, specific. So you have an intimate relationship with God. Even you have this covenant with God. Even you call, you define yourself with this eternal Tao, God. Who is God to you? The author of this book, Moses, keeps calling the Lord God in this paragraph. In Hebrew, Yahweh Elohim. But the servant and the women call just God, Elohim. Elohim means many gods, which means we translate as uh, uh, almighty God. In ancient time, they make it plural, anything plural. Not necessarily God is plural, uh, Many gods, but that's how they express. Powerful, almighty, in plural. That's why they call Elohim. So in Elohim, we see God as the creator with this amazing ability, the power and authority. That's Elohim. But the Lord... We translate the Lord, which was the Hebrew word is Yehoah, Yahweh. 
we English uh, translate as uh, Jehovah, that Jehovah, Yahweh, the Lord, is the God of covenant. So we are I, and God is thou, that covenant. This covenant relationship is based on trust. To trust, you need experience. So this Yahweh God is the Lord. When you call God as my Lord, you, are, you have this experience and trust. But God, the creator, Elohim, God, is based on its function and benefit. We are the creature and God is the creator. So God is just beneficial and profit for us. So the covenant relationship is being accurate with God's word. We should interpret and live out the word of God as it is. Like I'll always mentioning the word in Hebrew, which is dabar, which is the word of God must be realized. So we should live out the word of God as it is. We shouldn't distort it. We shouldn't lie. When we stop lying and being trustworthy with the word of God, our family, our relationship among us will be restored and healthy. Sin is desiring to be God. Desire to be God. The serpent tempted the woman, saying, You will be like God, knowing good and evil. She didn't ask for it, but of course she had that desire when serpent tempted her. So, desire to be God means declaring, I don't need you, God. So leave me alone. So sin and its punishment is the same. Being alone. Isolation. And it is immediate result. And God warned the people, the first people, Adam and Eve, Death to me. When you sin, it's immediate reaction, death to God. Because God warned them, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. But we know they didn't die. 
right? But they died because they couldn't be in the presence of God anymore. That is the death to God. When we cannot be in the presence of God. No one will say, I want, to, I, I want to be God. But if we want to be isolated from God and the people independent, independent from God and confident without God and we think we are right, we are God. The Lord of our own life and the world. But this cause, this independence from God, causes us to fear. And fear causes anger. And anger causes us to sin. We know many families are suffering. Fragmented relationship. Aren't we? Families are, they choose to be isolated, fragmented. They don't want to share their struggle, they don't want to share anything with their family. They're together, but they're not together. They are lonely being together. But God created us to be responsible. Being together means being responsible to respond. Somebody crying and you comfort them. Somebody laughing and you rejoice with them. Right? We have to respond. If I am joyful, you must join my joy. And if you are sorrowful, I must grieve together with you. When we are unable to respond to each other and we are dead to each other. Sin is knowing, seeing, and feeling more than we are created for. Verse 7 says, Then the eyes of God, the Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. In ancient perspective, eye is not only for seeing objects. Eye is for expressing their look, appearance, and expressing their emotions, and... uh, Expressing their desire for information, knowledge. So opening eyes, they were opened, their eyes were opened, but 
open more means enhancing the capabilities of I substantially. So after sin came in, the mankind had been pursued after beautiful look, pleasure, happiness, knowledge and information more than we should. So mankind stopped gazing the Lord and people don't want to feel or know the heart of God, the creator, the essential. But people only care for what I feel, how I look, what I think, what they think, non-essential from the world. They would even die for them, for the non-essential, how they look, about the excessive information, knowledge, and about being, being satisfied, pleasure, happiness whatsoever. But they don't know when they die for them, they will destroy their family. Sin is the absence in the presence of God. So when they ate the fruit, they realized they were naked with this excessive information. So they hid themselves from God. So God said, where are you? Of course, God knew where they are. But God wanted them to acknowledge what sin did to them. Unable to stand before God. Adam said, it is so sad. I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid. Because I was naked. And I hid myself. Even just sound of God in the garden. He had to hide himself. Sin separated us from God completely. Because sin cannot associate with God. The same way God cannot associate with sin. So God came to us in our form, sinful, broken nature to forgive us. And he even died for us. So being forgiven means restored to stand before God again. So it's a reinstatement of being Adam and Eve before sin. That's who we are. We were reinstated to stand before God. 
But we know still many people, many Christians are not able to stand before God and they are absent from God. Who is absent in your family? Like I said, they're there, but they're not there. Who is absent in our church? Who is absent in our community, among us? Who is absent? Whatever the reason, we must reconcile with them. So they should be in the presence of God and the family again. We know how. We know how. How Jesus did to us. That is the only way. Sacrifice himself. Without self-denial, we cannot reconcile. Sin is making excuse by blaming others. When God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Adam may thought he blamed the woman, but actually he blamed God because God made her and God given the woman to her, to, to Adam. It's the same thing. When we criticize somebody, when we blame somebody, when we condemn somebody, when we judging somebody today, we are actually blaming God. We judging, condemn God who made that person. We shouldn't do that. That's why we shouldn't do that. Everybody is God's. Every sin is against God. That's why. Even though I sin against one of you, I sin against God. Because you are God's. And this is Opposite, making an excuse by blaming others is the exact opposite of what we are created for, how we are created for. We are created to be responsible for what we did, what we said. But making excuse is the sign of weakness for not being responsible and being dependent by others. God created us to be autonomous, to be responsible. I should live my life. My life should not be lived by other people, what other people say, what other people think, what the world, how the world going. I should live my life as God created me. 
And Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross is he restored us to be being autonomous, to be responsible for other people. Are you responsible for your family? Are we responsible for our church, family? Are we responsible for Ephrata, our community? Are we responsible for our nation? Are we always pointing our finger at the people in Washington? Or the people, the CEOs of these big companies? Are we responsible for people of God? Sin, unfortunately, sin is being inherited. So Adam's son, Cain, killed his brother Abel for being jealous. Instead of being responsible for what he did wrong. Remember Cain offered, he was a farmer, I guess. And he offered the fruit of the ground But Abel, Bible says, Abel offered the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portion, which means good. So in ancient culture, the firstborn means the grace of God. It's God's gift to us. That's why Israelites given the firstborn, first harvest. It's God's. So, but the, verse 4 says, The Lord had regard for Abel and his off- offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. Regard in Hebrew means saw, which means see. Regard means see. God saw Abel's offering, but God didn't look at Cain's offering because it was not joyful giving. We know offering, gift, Supposed to be the receiver must like, right? You know, maybe you experience over the Christmas time when you've given you know, some Christmas gift to your grandchildren, and you know, whether they like it or not by the you know, facial expression, right? So our gift to God must be something God enjoys. God must be joyful. Cain's Offering was not. So God didn't look at Cain's. Abel responded to God with the firstborn, being grateful for what he, he believed God given to him. But Cain just gave whatever. Cain had no grateful heart in his giving.
So Cain killed his brother for the anger from not being responsible. So God asked Cain, where is Abel, your brother? Right? I think it's his, God is very intentional. Your brother, Abel. Right? Very specific. Where is your brother, Abel? And Cain replied, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? God knew Abel is dead. But to convict Cain for not being responsible for his brother. And Cain knew that. He was a keeper. We are keeper for each other. And Cain knew that. But he denied that. Am I my brother's keeper? I'm not. I don't want to be keeper of my brother. God regards us as keeper. Because God is keeper for us. So we must be the keeper for other people. Our family, our church, our community, and our nation. We are the keeper. Oh, well, we have uh, police officers. We have uh, EMT workers. Oh, we have uh, teachers. Everybody, they just, you know, they, they are there for that, you know, their, their responsibilities. But what about you? We are the responsible for this church, for this community, and for this nation. We are the keeper. As you know, God's primary concern is for the sinners, the broken, the poor and needy. Not only physically, you know, poor and needy, but psychologically, spiritually poor and needy. And we know how many people around us surrounded us with those people around us. And we are the keeper for them. Our primary concern should be that, those people. They're ours. Where are you? Are you standing before God? Or standing before fear? Or uncertainty? What you desire for? Cain settled, the Bible said, Cain settled in the land of Nod. N-O-D, Nod. Which means... Wandering in fear and sorrow. That's the meaning of a note. The east of Eden. Note. So it means we mankind, we're living in the fear. That's our condition. 
But Jesus Christ turned everything upside down, changed everything. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in uncertainty. We don't have to desire for ourselves. We don't have to. Because Christ promised us this kingdom of God for us, eternal life for us, without price. So we are able to stand before God. If you've been a Catholic, maybe you heard Coram Deo. Coram Deo. Standing before God. That is our faith. Standing before God. So we can stand before our family, stand before church, stand before our community. That's what Jesus did die on the cross for, for us to stand before God. But many people, many Christians, and myself too, sometimes we cannot stand before God. Even we want to stand before God. We don't know where God is. Where is God? The million galaxy miles, you know, in the universe somewhere. No, God is between you and me. Between you and me. Within, between the family. God is there. So we must stand before people, between people, between family, between our community. So, no one standing by themselves. No one has to hide because we are standing by those people. Friends, let's remember we are the keepers for each other by responding to people's joy, people's sorrow, and people's victory, and people's loss. So no one should be absent from the presence of God. Where are you? 